At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana, coming to you from the Freedom Doc Studios. I am your host, Christopher Havick, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for the 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have a desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American healthcare. Today's guest is actually a repeat offender, and I say that uh, as a term of endearment. Dr. Eddie Williams of Foundation Direct Primary Care down in the Gulf Shores of Alabama was on our show back in October of 2021 after the birth of his third child, a little baby girl, and after Hurricane Ida had just technically ravaged the coast, but they emerged unscathed. Dr. Williams had also just launched his direct primary care practice, and it was only a few months into it, and has an absolute fascinating story to tell about that decision and that day that he knew he needed to go start his own independent practice and do his own thing, utilizing the DPC model. Today's conversation, we're going to get some updates. Dr. Eddie Williams, thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming back. Hey, Chris. Thank you for having me again. I said fast forward about 18 months. My math is off just just a tad, but uh, I hope you won't hold that against me. Math has never been my real strong suit, especially counting calendar months with kids and families. And I just tell people, yeah, they're one or two or whatever it is, rather than run down the months there. So too many, too high a numbers for me. That's right. Foundation Direct Primary Care. How's it going? How's business? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going well. Since we last talked, I'd say we've quadruple in size. I, don't, I can't remember the exact numbers. Uh, they just kind of all run together, but uh, got an MA in the in the clinic now. She's doing great. And uh, we just keep on rolling. The, uh, the hockey stick picture is, I think we're right at the kind of middle of the hockey stick going up. So that's okay with me. Growing is always, um, it always presents challenges. Congratulations on the first official hire, right? A couple months ago. Yeah, that's a big step. Thank you. I, I am curious about it from your your MA's perspective. When you're doing that interview process, what was that like? Did they ever look at you and be like, "Well, wait a minute, how many people do you see? This doesn't make any sense. How are you even able to stay in business?" You know, it was actually an interesting situation. I'm part of a kind of a community business group. We get together and talk uh, business every. So often, uh, once a week, a couple of times a month or something like that. And they kind of help silly people like me that don't know anything about business get up and off their feet. And I've been with them a, a little bit and uh, got to the point in my clinic where I was losing all my hair and I just needed some help. So I asked my business group, if y'all, you know, put it out in the universe, hey, I need some help in the clinic. And uh, someone in the business group actually was like, I think I have somebody that might work out for you. 
And so they threw me a name and uh, I think I shot her an email and she'd actually been an MA for 30 something years in the system working for everything from primary care to, you know, fertility care to OBs. So she's been in the in medicine for a long time. And I want to say her request was that it wasn't like what she used to work with. And I was like, oh, I can help you out with that. <laughs> and so she came in, we, we chit chatted and uh, so far so good. I, I think I, I'm laughing, just promising. I promise this isn't going to be like anything you've ever seen out there before. But we hear that up and down the medical profession, though. Just tell me this is something different, right? I don't want to go back to where it was before high stress, high volume practices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easier to show than to describe because as soon as you spend half a day in a direct primary care clinic, you're going to go, oh, yeah, this is not at probably an hour. You'll say, you know, this is not at all what I'm used to in a good way. Now, I got to ask you, are talking about your growth of your practice. You know, you mentioned, hey, we're kind of in that hockey stick moment where that snowball's finally going downhill, picking up a lot of momentum. For listeners out there who are always very interested in that, well, how'd you do it? How'd you get the patients? How'd you, how'd you, what's your, your sales pitch to people? What's your advice to docs out there who might be in that? 50 to 150 patient range who are just saying, man, I just, I, I'm having trouble just muscling up and over to build up that momentum where this thing just builds on itself. You know, you see one patient at a time and just focus on that. So just do a good job. And the bar is so low to do a good job that blowing somebody's mind at a office visit by, you know, asking about their family saying out, you know, what do they like to do for fun? Like, what, what's their job? Do they find fulfillment out of that? And so most of the time, if you actually show interest in your patient and let them know that you're just another human as well and that you're not going to kick them out to see the next person, that goes a long way for them to go back to their husband, go back to their wife, go back to their kids and go, no, you need to go see this guy. This is not how it normally goes. And that breaches any type of financial barrier. I've got plenty of patients that have insurance and they're like, no, I'm sticking with this guy because he actually treats me like a person versus a time slot or a claim or something like that. So if you do a good job and make the patient feel like an actual person that you care about, the marketing, the advertising does itself. There's no better way of getting people into the clinic if you have an army of people fighting for you. So it just takes care of itself. And part of that is just showing your face out in the world, planting the seeds, getting more touch points. Join a chamber of commerce. Join a business group to help you figure out the business aspect of things. The more people that know your face and kind of know your behavior and know that you're an actual person, they can vouch for you. So plenty of people that aren't my patients will say, you know, you got to go see Dr. Eddie. He's over there. He does a good job. So the more birds out there chirping your name, the you know, more people are going to go, you know what, maybe I should check this out. This It just builds on itself. You're doing, you know, again, since we last talked, you've kind of kicked out a lot of really neat initiatives geared towards driving male audiences into your practice. I can't tell you how many conversations I have where it's like, well, females, women make the healthcare uh, decisions for their families. Women do all this, this, and this. They have a more proactive approach. 
men are just stubborn, there's a little stick in the mud, and no matter if they're bleeding out of their eyes, they still go refuse to see a doctor. Walk us through some of your thinking as far as you know, reaching out and trying to be an advocate for men's health, and what kind of programs are you doing? What kind of, you know, what kind of success are you having getting guys like us in to see the doctor? Yeah, so I'm not going to disagree with anything you just said. But yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, this is, I'm not going to say a chronic thing. I think it's just a stereotypical commonality that males don't like, you know, I don't know if this is politically correct or what, but like males just don't like to go to the doctor, like call me out on it. I don't care, whatever. This is just what I see. But they also have issues that are being under-addressed, especially in this area. And so I noticed that I was like, how do I get more of my male patients in here? Usually it's the husband of a wife that makes them come in. And I'm like, here, you're la- we'll, we'll do our thing the best I can. But there was also a kind of barrier in the area to men's health. So I created a website and started trying to get some search engine optimization for a men's health clinic in the area, which would funnel it into my direct primary care side of things. But what I did was set it up to where it was kind of an all-inclusive men's health clinic that they paid one price each month and got medications if they needed it, follow-up, you know, labs, all that stuff packaged into one. And that was early... 2022. And that took a while to get off the ground. But once again, you start doing a good job, you get guys in here that um, they're coming in with, they think they have low testosterone. Most of us don't even know what the symptoms are. We're just like, I feel bad. And so you start, you know, throwing out like a little social media post out there about what happens when you have low T, like, here's the different causes of erectile dysfunction, a bunch of other different stuff that are towards males and they'll stumble across it eventually. And it'll lead lead them down the path of how to get into my clinic. And most of them, most of the ones that I see come in and they have questions about their testosterone or, you know, libido or desire, or they're, you know, depressed or anxious, something along those lines. And we'll, I mean, this is just primary care. I'm just, you know, putting a different sign out in front that says men's health clinic. They're like, oh, perfect, men's health. I'm like, still primary care. Uh, Anyway, but they'll come in and I'll break that barrier down of I'm not like your normal doctor. You get to talk to me and I'm a guy. Uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but they'll come in, tell me what's going on. I'll do my thing and figure out something that I could help them with and If it's not worth the price I'm charging them for the men's health clinic, I'll say, hey, this this you shouldn't do this. You should really be on the direct primary side of things because I can get your meds through your insurance or put your labs through your insurance and it'll be cheaper. So once they understand that I'm actually here to help them and not nickel and dime them like some of the voodoo clinics out here that I'm not going to list, but they have all the advertisements on the radios and TV shows. And you never get to actually see anybody. They just have you fill out a checklist and send you your medications. Once you get in front of me, who is an actual doctor that can listen to you, tell you what's going on, and then be there to work you through the process of feeling better, there's no better advertisement than a guy going out there and telling his buddies, like, dude, you got to go in there and get checked out because he's legit. Like I said, going back to do a good job, and take care of your patients, and it will take care of itself. I love that you mentioned a lot of those misconceptions that guys have. I want to touch upon that, dig into that a little bit more. 
We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, Freedom HealthWorks. If you're struggling to convert interested people into members of your direct care practice, or if you are struggling under your clinical workload, you are not alone. New services from Freedom HealthWorks, the enrollment desk to handle inbound sales calls, and the virtual clinical staff to handle back office duties for existing patients have been met with huge demand. If you're interested in either service, contact Freedom HealthWorks at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com to chat with a team member or schedule a demo. We're talking to Dr. Eddie Williams of Foundation Direct Primary Care coming back on the show after about a year and a half absence which we missed you very, very dearly. Always enjoy the conversations with you. You were talking about some of the misconceptions that really men have in going to see the doctor, not just for potential low testosterone or things that make guys unique from the ladies, chemically. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned it, I'm like, I don't know if this is politically correct or not. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is, this is science at some level. But um when you're talking to guys and they're like, yeah, I think I have a problem or something's off, do you just see them change, like just, just transform when you talk to them like during the course of a visit and they realize that, hey, this is legit, like this person's actually trying to help me? Yes. Most of the time, absolutely. Whether it be an organic uh, low testosterone due to age or in their past, they took anabolic steroids and they're, they're, you know, post cycle or something like that versus like a mental health issue. Yeah. As soon as you get on board and let them know that you're the professional that's, you know, trained up in this kind of stuff and you start making them feel better, it all turns around for them. And there's no, I mean, this is the reason why we're in the industry is to make people feel better. I am curious about this whole. I guess it's this um, stubbornness. I, I use that word before, where you know we let our wives, we let our spouses, but the females really make healthcare decisions. I, I'm curious when you get some guy in there and you mention, you know, if I provide a great service, he goes out there and tells all his buddies at poker night that, hey, I actually found a doc, I really like him. You guys should go see it. What is behind that? Are, are we just skeptical? Are we just trying to be just total badasses and, and not and not ever admit to a weakness? Like, what's going on there? What what, what do you think? Well, first of all, uh, my wife is way smarter than I am. I think all wives are. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be your least politically correct episode ever. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think it's a uh, you know guys are very pack animal ish. We have our buddies and uh, we, you know, we would defend our team, you know, in sports and everything else. So trying to breach somebody that's not on your team yet is a tough sell. And so we just have our group and we trust our group. And if someone's not part of our group, then it's, it's tough to break down that barrier. But how do you do that? You put yourself out there uh, until you get a bite, uh, until that, you know, that there's a weakness in that wall and then you capitalize. And then once you start, you know, it's one at a time. So no better referral than the voice of somebody that you've already helped. It's just getting started. And the, the first one's the hardest. It seems to be a common theme, especially from a startup practice like yourself, and, you know, this kind of piqued my interest in this conversation because there are not a lot of people that talk about, you know, men's health, what to watch out for, that type of stuff. Give us a quick PSA 
to all the male listeners out there, what kind of symptoms should somebody actually be looking for? What are those signs where you say, you know what, maybe you should come in and talk to a trusted physician, not just hear it on the radio and be like, man, I'm kind of tired today. Maybe I should go call this number. So yeah, the kind of elevator pitches differ according to you know the target population. So erectile dysfunction, really don't need an elevator pitch for that. They know. But low testosterone, some of the things that you would see is like low libido, depression, decreased muscle mass. A lot of guys come in there, they just don't feel like themselves, which is a all-encompassing kind of warning sign, essentially. You know, they don't feel the desire to be with their significant other or the, you know, their sexual desire is low. A big tell-all around here is like, what are your hobbies? I've got a lot of uh, outdoorsmen and hunters. And I'll be like, what do you like to do? And they go, well, I knew I was in trouble when I didn't feel like going hunting. And Mm. I'd be like, we got to get you on the table now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or they're coming off of uh, anabolic steroids or something and they're scared because they know something's wrong and I can help you get through this part. There's no judgment here. Uh, It's just being honest. You just let them know that you're there for them and you get through it. But the biggest thing is like low libido, fatigue, decreased muscle mass, weight gain, depression, anxiety. Let me check your hormones, please. Mm-hmm. You mentioned they're scared. Do you think Do you think just the, the fear of going to the doctor and finding out something might be wrong, do you think that keeps a lot of guys away? Yeah. I mean, it's just a natural thought, at least in my head, that if you ignore it, it might go away. And then you have the, you know, some people know there's something not right. And then they just don't want to, you know, you speak it into existence, so to speak. They just don't want to know. But usually my first visit, I'll I'll just, you know, break down the barriers and go, let's find something because I know I can help you feel better. So they don't want to know what's wrong. But as soon as I can make it, seem like it's okay if we do find something that I can, you know, help fix it the best I can, they're okay with it going forward. Most of the time they're just scared when they don't have any options and they don't know what to do about it, even if they did find out. But that's where we come into play. It's better for them when they see that you're on their side and that you're going to go to battle with them instead of, you know, here's your cancer, bye. So it helps to, you know, establish that rapport and, uh, help them out that way. Yeah. It's going back to that. Hey, there's really nothing to fear here. We're going to face it together and we're going to go forward with it and not making fun of you. This is not an issue to be embarrassed about. This is something that affects a lot of different people out there. And I just, a lot of like stigmas that exist out there. And look, I I have that mindset too, that I got to be this tough guy. I got to be, you know, there for my family and it can't show any weakness and it's got to be, you know, just every day. And every once in a while, you know, our bodies do funny stuff and it's easier to know what's going on and have a doctor like you to help people through that than it is to just face all the unknowns. And then, gosh, in my mind, that's when that's when you should really be scared is, you know, something's wrong, but you don't know who to ask because they don't have somebody like you. Yeah. And that's what that's what we say. We're like, this is what we're here for. This is what you pay us for. Let us help you be the best that you can be. Switching gears a little bit, going back to when we last talked again, October 21, you were celebrating the birth of your third child. So, you know, I'm going to hit the personal life here because I love talking about what's going on at home versus the, the practice because physicians like yourself, 
in the DPC model actually have a work-life balance. You're not taking charts home, all that kind of fun stuff. How are things with the three little ones? Yeah, so uh, my eldest is a little bit over four. My middle child is turning three on Sunday. And my baby girl is like 18 months old, something like that. And it's been awesome because you can dictate what your hours are. And if they want to do something or they want to go somewhere or it's Wednesday and they want to go swimming at 2 p.m., cool, let's go. And you get to, you just get to be a, like, I get to be a dad and I get to be a husband. And I don't have to ask for permission to leave early when there's no patients to see at four o'clock. Like, I don't have to ask anybody that. I, I'm just like, all right, see ya. There's nothing better than going home to kids that know who you are, mm. essentially. Mm. It's been awesome. And uh, we'll see if three is the number, but something tells me it's not. I thought you guys were going to go for four under four. I, I really, really did. I mean, I, I, might, I might look dumb, but mm, no, no. nobody's ever said that. No one's ever said that about you. No, no way. I, I, I want to give you give you the last word there. Kind of, kind of going on. You know, really that lifestyle. I mean, you're able to have you know be a dad, be an active participant in your kids' lives while essentially launching what I'm going to consider two businesses, you know, the the big business, the the DPC, the Foundation Direct Primary Care Practice, but also branching out into, you know, men's health initiatives. I consider that to be a relatively a, a newer business or an ancillary kind of an add-on to somebody listening that might sound impossible. So Let's hear from your side. How are you able to achieve this balance other than, you know, just the business model and you can, you can, you know, schedule patients and that kind of stuff. But mentally, how do you prepare yourself to say, like, I'm going to be an active dad. I'm going to be active part of my kid's life. And I'm going to go out here and I'm going to build these two businesses because you're still very much in, in building and growth mode. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, you know, obviously I had help building the first business. Thank you. Freedom Health Works. But the second one was kind of a hobby. It was, um, you know, watch a bunch of YouTube videos on how to set up a website. Then you dilly dally and, you know, put something together and publish it and kind of have it funneling into the system that's already there. So it's it was not hard. It took me like a day. It was nothing. And the website looks like I set it up. So it's not professional at all. But it gets the point done. And uh if it piques their curiosity, they're going to go down the click links and give me their information. Hey, I want some more information about that. And as soon as I respond to them personally, it'll bring them in the door. My goal with my MA and anybody that's you know working here or if I'm answering the phones is like get them in front of me. So while it seems like it's two businesses, if you pull the curtain back a little bit, it's really just primary care with two different book covers. And as soon as I bring them in, like I still do the men's health stuff for my direct primary care patients. They just came in a different way. So they all end up at the same spot. It's just different funnels, essentially. And it was really with the you know computer systems out there, the operating system out there, it is not a difficult process to just put something on there to lead them down into the clinic path. It is not that hard. And to be honest, I just kind of, it's like they're... they're just about the same thing. So it, you're making it out like I was brilliant when I think I just, you know, put a different sign on the desk, but <laughs> it's not bad. 
Brilliance comes in a lot of different forms. And, you know, you had the wherewithal to keep your sanity with home life and work life because that's hard to do. And I speak from experience, like you want to make sure one is successful and then pulls attention and time away from the other one. And we all know, we always talk about balance. And it's like, this is so important to be able to say, all right, one's going to ramp up, ramp down, but make sure that, you know, you don't really take your attention off of either one of them for any length of time. Yeah, I think getting better at being a dad is making me better at being a direct primary care physician because there's some crossover with how you have to, you know, have your patients behave, essentially. But it's, it's been great. And a lot of uh, work with patients goes with the dad and being in the clinic and cleaning up boo-boos, definitely, uh-huh. both sides. So there's a, there's a bunch of similarities between being a dad and being a DPC clinician, for sure. We have to, might have to follow up on that another year and a half when you're back on yeah. the show. Dr. Eddie Williams. Different. <laughs> different podcast. Yeah. Totally different. <laughs> Lessons learned being a uh, dad and a doctor. Uh, but you know what? Before I sign off there, it also shows the breadth of primary care that I don't think a lot of patients are even aware of that. I think most patients look at primary care as like, well, you're just the person who sends me the specialist. So let's get this over with as quickly as possible. And you're saying, mm, no, no, I can, I can handle a lot of different things. Just different stuff brings people through the door for different reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And every every time is uh, different and awesome. Dr. Eddie Williams, Foundation Direct Primary Care. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. Thank you for joining us once again here on Healthcare Americana. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in a year. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. I'm still laughing. Maybe a year and a half uh, there, Doc. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com to catch previous episodes. Subscribe to our mailing list and visit our fantastic online store. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all our episodes, visit the shop, and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro and managed by Melissa Turpin. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.